Hive Hoops. I'm your host, Joshua Balta. Darian Thomas of the lead of the Believe Podcast Network. Trust the buzz. You guys know him. He is like family, basically, at this point of Hive Hoops. We're both fellow Hornets lead guys. He's also with draft lead. He does all the things. And he is on our trade deadline, I guess, uh, episode uh, edition of Hive Hoops. The Charlotte Hornets were making moves today, baby. Moves. Never in my life did I think that I would see a trade deadline this active from Mitch Kupchak and co. Or maybe it was somebody else. Uh, there's reports. Maybe it was ownership. We'll get to that in a moment. But – Darian, first, I just want to I, I, basically how we're going to do this episode. I'm good. I'm going to ask you about what your thoughts are on this trade, on this trade, and then we're also going to get into uh, the Miles Bridges information that broke this morning. Mm-hmm. As far as him, uh, he was going to veto any trade uh, that the Charlotte Hornets brought to him, and then we ended up finding out uh, with the excess of players that were brought in via trade by the Charlotte Hornets that you only have 18 roster spots. You have 15 regular contracts. You have three two ways and the Charlotte Hornets were going to going to be over that number. And so we found out that James Booknight got the cut and then news actually just broke as we were hopping on is Smith, Frank Nilakina, Frankie smokes. They are done here in Charlotte as well. But without further ado, Darian, I want to hit you with the first trade that happened of the day, and that is Gordon Hayward heading to Oklahoma City in exchange for Davi Bertans, Trey Mann, two second-round picks, and Valisadje Micic, the former two time Euro League MVP Darian how you feeling about this trade and Gordon Hayward finally <laughs> finally being out of Charlotte I think getting a player in general for Gordon Hayward in 2024 <laughs> was a miracle three players for Gordon potentially five essentially if you want to count the second round picks five players for Gordon Hayward whether you know you you look at it and say, well, they didn't play much, that's fine. We the Hornets are in a, in a transition period. I think we know we have our guys. Part of that is kind of like you said, we'll talk about later with Miles Bridges. We have our guys, but we do need pieces, additional pieces. Because I don't know if you heard, maybe it was this morning, maybe it was yesterday. Woj was saying that he doesn't think a lot of guys on our bench before the trade deadline, a lot of guys on our bench would even be in the NBA next year. Bro, (laughs) Woj cooked our bench's ass. And he He literally said that. He he said it just like that. There wasn't – I'm not reading in between the lines. He literally said they will not – he was like, yeah, I don't think they'll be there anywhere. Then he paused. He's like, actually, I don't think they'll be anywhere next year. <laughs> He's like, and then he and then he doubled down and said, by that I mean I don't think they'll be on an NBA roster. Like he he doubled down on saying that the bench is trash. So to be able to get some guys that we can actually, I don't know who they, I don't know who they're going to be. We don't know. We got to see. I think Trey Mann is, you know, something. I think I still don't know how to pronounce his name, but I think he has the potential to be something. Uh, we get a chance to look at some guys and say, okay, let's evaluate the talent. To be able to do that for Gordon Hayward, I think that's extraordinary because it's not something I expected at all. I don't know what I, I, I thought we would get for Gordon Hayward. I Honestly, I thought if there was going to be a deal for Gordon, it was going to be like some weird three to four team deal where basically we end up with like two picks. Somehow someone eats his salary and then, and then they trade players. I thought that was the only way we were going to get rid of them. But to get players that we can actually look at, evaluate, make a decision on what we want to do with them. And if you look how OKC fans reacted, the guy I can't pronounce and, and Trey Man, huh? Mitchich. Mitchich. Okay. Mitchich. And I hope that's how you pronounce it. I hope I hope so too. But <laughs> Mitchich and 
Trey Mann, OKC fans were a little upset, a little bummed over trading them. They were like, I understand it's the business, but they really did not want them to go. To me as a Hornets fan, looking to just grab onto something and say, what can I evaluate from this trade? That was a good sign to me because if they cheered in the streets, I would have been a little more concerned. And we can talk about, you know, a team cheering in the streets that they trade a player later with, with the other deal, but – I, I'm I'm okay, I'm okay with it. I mean, I didn't I don't know what I expected to get from Gordon Hayward. It definitely wasn't this. And I know to literally maybe 27 of the 30 teams in the NBA would look at this and say, that's a that's a normal haul. We don't get those in Charlotte. We don't, no matter who it is, even for our best players, we trade sometimes if it, it, when it a trade actually does happen, we don't get that kind of haul. And so yeah, it's not gonna change the roster. Well, technically it did because so many players, but it's not going to all of a sudden make us competitors, but it does just give us a chance to see what we got. I think with the right coach, with the right GM, this isn't going to turn into nothing. I can't promise every guy will be getting heavy rotation minutes next year because they're they're probably all going to get rotation minutes this year. I can't promise everybody's going to be around next year to get heavy minutes, but I can say that they're at least going to put on a show and we'll be able to see what they got because all of those guys obviously have something to prove. Um I mean, their livelihood is 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 at you know at stake here. So they they're definitely going to you know bring their best game. Man, I I didn't think we were going to get anything for Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. I thought we were headed for buyout. I thought that we were just going to allow his contract to expire. That's honestly. what I thought. And so to get just to reiterate what you stated, to get what you got for Gordon Hayward, man. If I have to grade this, this is an A plus 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 because there 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 was some report came out that Mitch Kupchak was asking for first rounders for Gordon Hayward. Okay, man. Okay, buddy. If you say so. I mean, like, no. Um, I'm I'm amazed. I really am that out of this version of Gordon Hayward that the Charlotte Hornets got what they got. And I was getting blasted online. I, I, I Look, I made a post earlier today, and people completely took it out of context and did not understand what I was trying to say with my actual post. People thought that I hated the trade. Bro, I've been trying to trade Gordon Hayward <laughs> off of this Charlotte Hornets team for two years now. I was done with him after he uh, – didn't show up in the playing game in Atlanta. That was it for me. That was, was it for done. me. I was like, when we need him down the stretch, all we needed was 15 minutes of Gordon Hayward down the stretch, and we could have won one or two extra games. All of a sudden, we're the 7-8 seed, and we get multiple chances at this thing. I was done with Gordon Hayward after that. I'm like, man, he doesn't play. And then last year happened. He missed all of last year, it seemed. And then this year, once again, we're just in this cycle. And so I've been trying to trade this guy. I made a post this morning on my uh, on uh, Hornets lead account saying how basically we didn't get anything in the in the trade. That wasn't saying or mad at the Charlotte Hornets. That was saying in Gordon Hayward's tenure in Charlotte, we didn't get we got next to no production on the floor off the floor, in the locker room, and then in the trade avenue as well. But and I kind of want to talk about that. About that the... was also – sure. But that was also before they announced the picks and Mitchich, which after that was thrown on there, man, we got a haul. Yeah, we I was got... happy about Bertans and Trey Mann. I was like, yeah. oh, my. I was like, I don't know how it works money-wise, but I'm fall for it. Exactly. We Knew that there's probably going to have to be another salary because that money wasn't adding up. I think Bertans was at like 17 mil, mm-hmm. and then Mann's on a rookie deal. So, I mean, he's at like five, six, yeah, mil, it's like five seven, or six, something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there was still that six to seven mil gap that had to be filled at that point. And so you knew another contract was coming, but I didn't know it was going to be the the two-time EuroLeague MVP, man, the the deal just kept getting better and better. And Gordon Hayward is finally out of Charlotte. It is time I'm to glad. rejoice. 
Because it got it was getting so bad where people were saying, "Hmm, I actually wouldn't mind bringing him back on a cheaper deal." No, and my no. that, and to, to your point earlier about not getting anything from him off the floor, one thing that everybody has agreed on is the culture of this team and how we need to bring in vets. The reasoning for a lot of people to bring Gordon Hayward back on a cheaper deal was, well, he's a vet. He's been a vet for four years. Yeah. And, and, and look where we're at. If, if anything, I would say it's worse. It's yeah. worse. I mean, I know that he's helped. He's probably helped a lot of guys on their game. You can see it in how in how some of the guys play. But, I mean, I'm willing to take the extra couple of months of them taking longer to develop that than, than having Gordon Hayward on the team. Because they were going to, these guys, we're talking Brandon Miller, Mellow Ball. These guys, they were going to do it anyway. Maybe, maybe they did it two weeks sooner or three sure. weeks sooner. But I'm willing to wait an extra additional two to three weeks for them to figure it out than to keep Gordon Hayward around. And like you said about the Atlanta thing, he, both times, his first year with Charlotte and his second year with Charlotte, he caused the downfall, his injury. Both years, we were, I will say top five, but I want to say it was top four. We were top four, top five in the East after 25-plus games. And he gets hurt at the same time both years, and then we plummeted. Except that second year, we plummeted, and then all of a sudden we jumped back up. We weren't able to do that that first year. So I feel as though Gordon Hayward really, like you said, hasn't hasn't really done much, and if anything, caused more issues. Yes, I mean, he – He's not a pro, like he's not necessarily a problem, but when you're paying someone that amount of money and he's just not even at least I rather at least Nick Batoon was trash. <laughs> like at least he started being bad. It and it was like, oh, this guy just sucks. And Gordon Hayward, it was like, oh, he's actually not bad. He just can't stay on the floor for more. He can't stay on the floor for more than five games at a time. And I and like I do hate it for him. Like I think that Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, when you Look at the human, right? Which I hope mm-hmm. that we most of the time do those things, right? right? Now, I mean, we cut jokes, and you know, we say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you know, I'm so glad for him to be out of here, and you know, he did nothing for us, all this kind of stuff. As a human, like, I mean, I'm sure that he wishes that he had perfect health and that he could have mm-hmm. played in more games, but at the end of the day, it just didn't work out. It di- it didn't work out, and for the Charlotte Hornets to recoup what they did. For what Gordon Hayward has been, man, that was a hell of a deal. Loved it. And another deal that I nearly loved just as much was the one that followed it up. P.J. Washington goes to Dallas in return. A Curry brother came. You want to guess which Curry brother it was? (laughs) Seth. It was Seth. Look, I came home, and uh, I see my son, and I said, hey, we traded PJ today, and his face just kind of dropped a little bit, and he's like, I like PJ, though. And I was like, I do too, but we got a Curry in return. He said, we got Steph. (laughs) And I said, no, we got Seth. We got Seth. He he said, man, I'm done with you. He walked out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but Steph did say, and, and, and as we're in the midst of the Warriors' downfall here, Steph did say if he was to ever for another franchise, it would be the Hornets. We have his family. His whole family's here, guys. <laughs> so, so he loves he loves his pappy. Right. So and it's only a matter of time. He loves his brother. <laughs> time to come on, Steph. Time to come on. Hey, let let us get those last uh last few months of your prime. Right. <laughs> Watch you fade into the sunset. And the see. most Charlotte thing ever. <laughs> they get Steph Curry, but. Now I will say exactly. the end of Steph Curry's prime is probably a lot better than a lot of when especially oh, when it man. comes to three point shooting. Man, he'll still be able to shoot. I mean, <laughs> man, probably was... break the single season Hornets three point exactly at forty. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, but getting back to the deal because we kind of went off there. Uh, PJ Washington is dealt for Seth Curry, mm-hmm. Grant Williams, and a 2027 first. That's only top two protected. Darian, how do you feel about this deal? Do you like this one even better than the Hayward one? What kind of rating do you give it? Just what are your overall thoughts? I like this one more. I know people incredible. I know from the mass fans, they're like, oh, why why are Hornets so excited to get a guy we didn't want? So as I mentioned, 
with OKC, they were kind of those fans, they understood, like I said, they understood it's a business, but they were sad to see Mitchich and uh Trey Mann go. The on the other hand, the Mavericks were kind of excited. They're like, oh, we don't need Grant Williams. I'm glad it didn't work. We're getting them out of here. But then as Hornets fans, we were excited. And they were like, why would you be excited? Like, he's not, these are the reasons why you shouldn't be excited. That's what Mass fans are telling us. But what they don't understand is we have LaMelo, we have Brandon Miller, and you know, as we'll talk about later, we have Miles Bridges. Those three guys put up all, all if not most of the shots, and they 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 all do it in different ways. PJ was taking away shots from them, and also was not efficient, and also was declining on defense, and also was just in the way <laughs> essentially when they were when they all played together. The few times they did play together, but when they all played together, he was just in the way. Grant Williams is going to defend and sit in the corner. <laughs> That's it which works for these type of guys. You got Miles Bridges, who I think is an underrated passer. He can he can attack the basket, kick it out. We know Melo can dish it all over the court. And I would almost say Brandon Miller, as a rookie, you know, it's, it's little looked a little off sometimes, but you see it, that he can dish it around, around the court as well and find this guy open. Now, granted, he's coming from Luka and Kyrie, so I'm not saying they can't do it, but it just works better for the Charlotte Hornets because they didn't need someone else to have the ball and try to ISO and try to go in and do flow. They didn't need that. What they do need is someone like Grant Williams, who, one, is going to be a very good culture guy, also being in the NBA, the Players Association. I think that's just going to be a good look for the Hornets, which I would almost say we need a good something positive like that more than almost we need talent on the court. Uh, at the rate we're going. So I think that's going to add to it. But when you talk about basketball, he does exactly what we need. PJ, I think, is going to be great for the Maverick. I've said this. I, I've said that wherever PJ goes, I think he's going to be a better player than what he was here. Because uh, throughout his tenure here, they asked him to play small ball five. They asked him to be a four. Sometimes they asked him to be like a fake pseudo three. He, he kept switching. He's going to have a role, hopefully, with Dallas. It's going to maybe switch between two roles. Grant Williams is going to have one role and one role only, and that is going to be like this big body wing slash big and defend, sit in the corner, and just kind of boost the energy of the team. That's that's all they're going to really ask him to do, and that's all we need him to do. We have our guys who we need to shoot and score and be the face of the franchise, but P.J., we saw, I mean, he can drop big 40-point games, but we necessarily didn't need that. We We didn't really need it. Now we have a guy that does exactly what we need. And, yes, he has an extra year on his deal, but I'm will, I'm willing to take that. It's still not an expensive contract. Like you mentioned, we also get Seth, who we also doesn't need the ball. He's going to move without the ball, which is something we desperately need because we don't without LaMelo, without Brandon, we don't really have people who like to move around screens and move without the ball, at least effectively. Seth can do that. He's not, he's probably won't even take a dribble for the rest of the season. He's going to come off screens and shoot, which we need that. I know most teams will look at him and say, okay, well, he's he, he's not that good of a defender. He may not pass like you know you would want him to. That's fine. We can do all that as of right now. We need someone to hit shots. And that I want to be able to look at ESPN or wherever I look at box scores and see. All right, let me look at the three-point column. Seth has hit one or two. That's all I need. Because we normally look down, I know you look down ESPN a couple of times, and it's a bunch of zeros in the three point column. We're 0 for 21. We need someone to at least just hit a couple. Um, so I think that's going to be big. And then, of course, the first round pick, which ends up leading us to have three potentially three first round picks in 2027. I don't know much about the 2027 draft class, but I do know that you know you can use them picks however you may. You, you may. Do you want to draft a player? Fine. If we still somehow stink back then, okay, well, now we can trade for a superstar. We, there's a lot of things we can do because whether we suck, we can use those picks. If we don't suck and we're, let's say, we're like in the in the verge of making the playoffs and just kick, kicked out the first round, we can trade those and get a superstar. So there's a lot of things you can do with having those picks. Man, I really hope we don't suck still in 2027. No, <laughs> I'm, I, I normally try not to be over, like, like excited, but – if we suck in 2027, they they have to move the franchise. There's no way. There's <laughs> oh no my way. gosh! No, not from what I've seen no. from Lamelo and healthy. You're gonna you're you're gonna uh, spin your little fandom wheel again. again yeah. In 2027. If we're still bad in 2027, <laughs> and that time you might actually go where it lands. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> man. I because I, I, I think I shared one of like the lead posts, and this is well before trade deadline. And I was like, because I think they were looking at the Spurs lead, and I was like, this is looking pretty good right now. If we don't make any trades this deadline. Man, I was a big supporter of bringing PJ back because I was too. I, because I didn't think he'd be expensive. Mm-hmm. He ended and, up not being, and he sure. ended up not being. Mm-hmm. And I thought that he fit a role on the team as long as we could find exactly what that role was going to be mm-hmm. with this version of the Hornets of mm-hmm. what we were going to be under Steve Clifford this year. And with Brandon Miller coming into the fold and, you know, hopefully the guys being healthy, Mark being able to play alongside Mark Williams, you know, cause we got a little taste of that at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. And so I was excited about that, but it was time. And this was. this deal is absolutely incredible. I mean, you get a P a, a, a PJ Washington prototype player in return in Grant Williams, except the difference is Grant Williams has won before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about the DNA. We all heard Terry Rozier's comments about the DNA in Charlotte and it just being like you expect to lose. It's as if the players on this team truly have adopted that into their psyche. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of my – that's been one of my points when I look at James Booknight, when I look at Kai Jones – when I was assessing, you know, them coming up through the Charlotte Hornets organization, because even in Greensboro, Greensboro is terrible year in and year out. Don't even, they don't even try, like. Our G League team isn't good. They just throw out players. Yeah, so even our guys in the G League, like, they're not experiencing wins at any level any longer. Like, I know growing up, all they did was win, 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 because they were always the best players at all the different levels. But then you make it to the pros, that's just not going to happen, even at the G League, okay? And so part of the problem and part of the, you know, the the points that I've made in the past has been that this team has just been around losing so much that you, like, they don't even know how to fight and overcome it. And that's part of why I was okay with moving off of PJ, because he is. PJ looks like a guy who just loves life, um he he loves he loves his girl he's gonna he's gonna be happy that you yeah, can, like he's gonna never seen PJ upset unless he like, like he's gonna find a relationship mm-hmm. and he's gonna be all in mm-hmm. and like he's gonna have kids and he's gonna love those kids and he's gonna enjoy his off time and he's going to enjoy the off season and he's gonna do all of those things right but then even like when you're trying to win basketball games and change something that's been bad for so long, that's not the kind of personality that fits. No, for sure. I felt I've, I've felt that way. I felt like these guys aren't really fit for what we're asking them to do. And that's not necessarily their fault. It's hard to have the mentality of oh, I'm going to change 20 years of losing. Yeah, or or at least not winning consistently. It's it's yeah. hard. Yeah, that's why when people were in uproar about does Lamelo care about winning, it's like no, I'm not. I'm no one saying that he doesn't care. It's just we as fans, we've sat here for years and this team has not won. Yeah, and these these just might not be the right guys personality wise to be. I want. It's not that they don't want to win, but sure. wanting to win and wanting to save a franchise for almost three decades of losing is two different mindsets. Yeah. Two completely different mindsets. With PJ, you get Grant Williams in return. There was the whole, I mean, there were debates all summer long because those were the two names that kept Mm -hmm. circling for the Charlotte Hornets. Mm -hmm. The Charlotte Hornets still had their mid-level exception to use. And then PJ, you could bring him back. And so there was just this back and forth about, hey, who's better? Who's a better fit? Who... And so the Charlotte Hornets end up with Grant Williams, but they also got a first-round pick in their back pocket to boot. Mm-hmm. And so they chose right at every step of the way because what ended up happening is the Charlotte Hornets ended up getting a similar player that they already expressed interest in 
and got the pick and got one of those Curries to come here. And who knows what that's going to lead to, whether that's going to lead to an actual rotation spot next season or if that's going to lead to, you know, some other things, right, <laughs> um, that have already been discussed. You don't know. But the the point of the matter is Grant Williams is a very comparable player to P.J. He, he doesn't have the scoring and the offensive upside that P.J. has, but P.J.'s inconsistencies. That's what's played his career. Are P.J.'s inconsistencies on both sides. Think about how we started this season. And defensively. This, this season, he was like – Averaging like 19, 20 to start off. Yeah. And he was and he was and he was hitting floaters. He was attacking the yeah. And then as soon as LaMelo came back, as yeah. soon as Miles came back, he was still getting the shots. He just wasn't making them anymore. Sure. Sure. I mean, you can't get into you know a rhythm if he's a rhythm guy. Mm-hmm. You can't get into a rhythm when the ball's not in your hands as much. Mm-hmm. And like late last season. I mean, even Clifford said this. They ran m- multiple sets through PJ, also because they had to. I mean, he was playing yeah. with Steve Mahaluk and you know Teo Maladon. Like, who else are you going to run it through? Right, JT Thor? No. Like, so I mean, it. <laughs> so I mean, it. It was what it was. Mm-hmm. But at this stage, Grant Williams has won. P.J. has never won. I think P.J. is going to do great in Dallas. He's going to be around and in a winning franchise. Um, I I think he's going to fit a role well there. I think Dallas fans are going to love him. But for what Charlotte needs right now, we need a grown-up. We need someone who's going to lead with voice, with energy, with strength, with power. And that's something that Grant Williams is going to do. And I know that Dallas was kind of, you know, they had soured on him and, you know, because he wasn't doing, you know, the things that they thought that they had brought him in to do. I think him being back in his hometown, playing in his city that he grew up in, mm-hmm. I think this is going to rejuvenate him and knowing, hey, like this team needs me. This city needs me. Like, and he's going to start getting and something he's never he he dealt with a little bit in Boston. He got remember I don't remember I really wish I could remember what playoff series it was, but they were doubting him. They were like, oh, he's not that good. He's slowing down Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and he was hitting like game maybe game clinching like clutch fourth quarter shots because uh-huh. and he that what drove him to do that. He was saying that he was being doubted. So you're coming to Charlotte, everybody's going to doubt you. Just super fat because you're Charlotte, no matter what you do. I think, like you said, to your point, I think it's going to rejuvenate him to want to. I do. uh, That meaningful basketball, but it's going to be meaningful in a different way. Yes, it may not automatically be to where he was in Boston or Dallas, but it's going to be meaningful more so on a personal level. And And I think that sometimes that's what it takes for a guy to really take the next step. And what also the thing is the next step isn't him dropping 15 points. The next step is just him being a versatile defender and hitting corner threes. And if he can do that, yell and scream like he was doing in Boston when they were winning constantly, I think, I mean, that that's really what you got him for. Yeah. I mean, it's just he's better defensively. His offense isn't as good. But like you said, that's not really what we needed. Mm-hmm. And then his defense is going to be better. I mean, I know uh, James Plowright put out a clip of P.J. from last night's game where he just stands under the goal and gives up a just easy putback, you know, down the stretch of that game that matters. And those are the kind of lapses that have kind of plagued PJ during his time here in Charlotte. But hopefully I think Grant Williams, I, it, I could be wrong, but I think he's going to come with the right mentality and that he's going to be ready. All right, Darian. So Mike Lassett, reported today that he is hearing that some of these moves that are so unlike the Charlotte Hornets, typical Charlotte Hornets, he's hearing that maybe these moves were made because the ownership group was pulling the strings 
rather than Mitch Kupchak. Because there's a lot of praise for Mitch Kupchak, you know, online, personal conversations, group chats, all the things today. For the amount of work that was getting done and the the return that you were getting for essentially just Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington, right? And so, Darian, what what's your what what's your take on it? Do you, do you think that this was ownership, more ownership, or do you think this was more Mitch Kupchak? For my agenda, because I was calling him Ski Mass Mitch. Uh, <laughs> I would say it's him, but in reality, the whole time I, I figured now based on the, the tweet you're talking about, I didn't think it was going to be that much on the owners, but it seems as though it was a hefty, maybe 70, 30 might can go as far as 80, 20, uh, owner to Mitch cup check, uh, ratio. Um, I didn't think it was going to be like that, but that's definitely what it seemed. I, and I full, I believe it. These aren't deals Mitch has made. I, I went back and looked at some of the deals he's done in the past, um, at least that we're led to believe he's done, whether that's with the Hornets or with the Lakers. And it's just nothing was like this um, on either front. He's Mitch is one of those GMs where he's good at getting you the talent as far as through the draft for the most part. I don't know what happened in 2021, but for the most part, He's good at getting you the talent. Um, he's pretty good at kind of retaining that talent uh, on the on that first, you know, after the rookie contract and whatnot. Um, but that's it. He's not really a I make trades, I sign in free agency because we saw what he did for the Lakers in free agency with the Luau Dang and the Timothy Mozgov. Uh, that those obviously didn't go well for the Lakers. So and then Gordon Hayward here. Was that him? He, he did Gordon Hayward, right? That was his first – yeah, so. It was. We know that these moves just wasn't like him. So, I I, I, I knew – like because, of course, all the reports will say Mitch Kupchak is asking for first. And I was like, that's not like him. But, you know, maybe they were like, this is the – you go out for – like, you show out for us. We're not keeping you, but, you know, you've, you've done nothing for three years. Do something. I thought maybe that was kind of the play. But, no, it, it was – I wholeheartedly believe it was the owner's – uh, kind of negotiating, maybe not negotiating, but just saying, okay, well, hang up the phone on them if they don't give us this. Hang up the phone on them. Because I, I highly doubt the owners were actually saying, well, okay, we want specifically Trey Mann. I don't think they were saying that. No, but I do believe that they were in the in the room, of course, on, on the phone with Mitch and saying, they're only offering you two picks. Or don't don't talk to them. Okay, Derek, for Gordon Hayward, you're only getting Bertons and maybe I can't think of another expensive deal they may have on their con on their uh, books. But you're only getting two players, and they're like that's kind of where I feel like the owners came in and saying, if you're going to trade these guys, first of all, these are the guys you're going to trade. There's no if ands or buts about it. You're going to trade them, and then also if you're going to trade them, this is the minimum we're willing to accept. I feel as though that is kind of the role the owners played because this it just wasn't like Mitch at all. I, I can't find anything in what happened today even close to thinking that Mitch had something because it's just not – he has not done any of that ever. So I just can't believe it that he did it had anything to do with it. No, the moves that Mitch Kupchak makes is Brad Wanamaker and Montrez Harrell, which at the time was a good move, but then he didn't bring him back. Now, granted, I know Montrez had that thing going on. Now he's not even in the league, if I'm not mistaken. But I guarantee you he's better than Nathan Mensa. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I, you know, and I, I don't know what kind of deal Montrez was looking for because he ended up signing for a vet man anyway. But you, that guy proved. I, I will say we had energy. He yeah. he was a big yeah, energy guy. Say that. And then we just let him go for nothing. And then we couldn't find. We couldn't replicate that. Yeah, this does not feel like Mitch Kupchak whatsoever. Nothing about I mean, it. The amount of assets that you were getting back now. To you know, tip my cap to what you said. It's not like Gabe Plotkin was in there grinding watching film, and he's <laughs> right. like. Bro, 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 you got to go get this Trey Mann kid. Now, if he he's was, incredible. I want him like, to pull a Jerry Jones. away in, o in OKC. You've got to go get him, Mitch. Like, like. If he was, like I said, I want him like Jerry Jones, GM, owner, maybe even make him the coach. If if he, if, if Gabe Plunkett is like that, hey, man, you, he, he might need other roles as well. <laughs> that Hey, 
it would be hilarious if Rick Schnall and Gay Plotkin were like in there just grinding away. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. It They're would like, be we're, crazy. We're gonna get this thing right. We've seen everybody talking shit about our reimagine the Spectrum Center. Right. Everybody, we're gonna build a winner here. Damn it. It's almost like let's uh, go like, go get his tray man. <laughs> It's almost like uh like with the Wizards when Michael Jordan was kind of in the front office and he was like, We suck. And he suited up. He was like, I'm a I'm I'm gonna fix this one That's way or right. another. If I can't trade for anybody, I'll get out there myself. That's, that's basically right. what happened. That hey, maybe that's what uh Rick Schnall's been doing. You know, he's been Oh, because he has been hooping. He's been hooping at the facility, man. Maybe hey man, if we didn't get that's Mickey... why Book Knight got waved. He wants he, he wants, wants that last spot. spot. It, if if we didn't get Mikic, uh, Snow was ready to come out there himself. He's like, we don't get a backup point guard through trade. I'll, I'll have to do it. Man, he might have to because you know tomorrow they're gonna they're definitely gonna be shorthanded. Oh, injuries and then it's waiver waiver waivers and then trades. They're de- they're gonna be extremely shorthanded tomorrow, and it's a road game. I they might because I would think that the new people who are traded they're not gonna meet them in Milwaukee because they come right back to Charlotte on Saturday. That's a great point. It's gonna I, the it's Knicks kind of went through that today. They only had like six players, and then yeah. they sat Brunson, so they yeah. really had less than that. It's Maybe going like, to be interesting to see how tomorrow's handled. Now it doesn't matter. It'll be a it'll be a loss. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I mean, in terms of that, it, it it doesn't matter. But in terms of who's going to be available, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's going to be because we're still injured. Like, like that's Amari a, Bailey uh, might get flown to Milwaukee, right? <laughs> he might. Is it is it in Milwaukee? Yeah, it's in Milwaukee. We play. We go to Milwaukee, and then we literally come back for Memphis. I want to say on Saturday. Yeah, so that, we might get the we... got the new guys on Saturday, but they're definitely not going to beat it. They're not going to meet the team on the road on, on tomorrow, especially considering they come right back. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be really, really tight. There's, yeah, there's no point to fly them out to at that point, mm-hmm. just to have them in Charlotte waiting on you, man. Tomorrow's gonna be ugly. Cause like oh I said, we're still God. missing like like Lamelo's out, uh Mark is out. We waved three people. Um mm. Cody Martin, I, I don't know, I don't think he's injured, but you know, sometimes he'll just randomly pop up on there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Tomorrow could be interesting. Man, that might be a must watch. It oh, for it's definitely gonna be a must watch. Like just for like to comedy. see what Steve Clifford like, can just, pull out. Yeah, just for comedy purposes. Mm. Like just to see what happens. Yeah. That, There's going to be some crazy lineups tomorrow for sure. We okay. might get point Mensa or something. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So we both essentially landed upon that was new ownership. They right. were really pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, <laughs> that's not Mitch. <laughs> that, it just can't be. It literally can't. Mitch. But when I, I saw the, I don't first know what round, else to say other than that's not Mitch. First of all, the amount of rumors had me from, from this is when we can go back to Terry before before Terry was traded. The amount of rumors in which it wasn't just Woj, it wasn't just Shams, it was it was them two and then everyone under them having rumors on the Hornets. That doesn't happen ever. To me, to not to my knowledge, and I, I've really only been like on Twitter, NBA Twitter for the last year, but to my knowledge, I haven't seen anything like that. So from the get go, I was like, this is just weird. But I, I took it as they told him, hey, you're not coming back. We need you to go out swinging. We know you got it in there some, somewhere. That's what I thought. Well, but this makes actually way more sense than that does, that they were just like, like you said, kind of just telling them this is the type of return we want. Well, and there have been those whispers that Mitch might move to a different role within the front mm-hmm. office that have kind of been coming out like, hey, maybe he wants to kind of help these new owners and then a GM be an advisor just, you know, to offer a different perspective. Right. Hey, look at it from this way. Hey, look at it this way. There's a Because new- whatever GM they're going to bring is going to be a younger guy. So they're going to be a younger guy to There's- just walk them, walk them through it. Yeah, there's a new CBA. Mm-hmm. Right. And so all of the minutiae and all of the small details, which that's new for everybody. So it's not right. like Mitch Kupchak's going to have an upper hand on that mm-hmm. part per se, but he does have the experience. And I mean, I'm sure it 
as much as I want Mitch Kupchak gone, as much as I've spoken, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I've I've wanted Mitch Kupchak out just about as much as I've wanted Gordon Hayward out. Same. same. And even in saying that, he still has valuable information that he could share. You and, know, and, you're being and like fair, we said, he's he good at drafting to some degree. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he's hit on some second round picks that have become rotation players that the Hornets have been able to move for additional picks. You know, so there are things that Mitch does well. But yeah, it's time. But I, there have been those whispers that he's moving to that front office. So, like, maybe he's not wanting to just burn this thing down. Like, maybe he, like, in, in the best interest of Mitch, it was still to see this thing out. I would hope so, right? Yeah, no, you don't for want sure. that guy because you know you hear about people leaving and stuff, and they're like, they don't care what happens on their way out, burn it to the ground, right? It doesn't matter, right? But this didn't feel like that, and you know maybe there were some incentives still in there for Mitch. If it was Mitch, let's yeah. not, let me just play devil's advocate. If it was Mitch, you know. Maybe he wants he he's just seeing this thing out. Maybe he's not going to be leaving entirely. Maybe he'll still be there in some kind of capacity. And you know, he did really want to set up the next guy with a cleaner slate mm -hmm. and different options because obviously the ones that we have right are working. So I want to segue into this. Information broke this morning. Uh Woj put this out that Miles Bridges um that it was becoming unlikely that he was going to be moved. Although there were tons of reports leading up, especially from Phoenix, that they felt really good about landing Miles Bridges. Mm -hmm. And then Brian Windhorst puts out that he had spoken with Clutch and that they stated Miles Bridges would veto any trade that the Charlotte Hornets would bring to him in a possible trade scenario. And so, uh, Darian, I want to ask you, what do you think this means for the Charlotte Hornets moving forward as far as Miles Bridges goes? It really could mean a lot of things, honestly. Uh, I mean, there's so many different What paths. do you I, think it means, though? Because yeah. I, I know what I think. Mm -hmm. You tell me what you think this means. I think this means that he is going to come back. I think that it does mean that, you know, the Hornets are going to decide – I, I think he heard a number he likes. I, I don't want to say that they've talked about it too much because I don't even think you're supposed to technically talk to your players about contracts at this point, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, in his in his situation. Um, but I think he heard I think he heard the number he likes. I think what happened was he originally talked to the Hornets. They were kind of, as we know, during this past summer, they were kind of like, ah, we're not paying you that much. You were gone for a year. We need to see you play. He plays. He's been playing pretty well. Then they're like, okay, we're still kind of unsure about it. Um, so with us being unsure, we'll do the due diligence. We'll we'll see if we like something out there, um, if, if it's worth it. If we're blown away, we'll trade you. Uh, if, if, if we don't, then we'll keep you. And even he was starting to say comments. Like, I know he said he wanted to stay, but then he started saying comments of, I just want to play basketball, doesn't matter where, all these things. So he, I think he was in on it, which, like I said, they probably came to a number, but the Hornets were like, eh, we still want to kind of just do our due diligence and just see what's out there. He probably understood that. And then now it got to the point where I think they they have they have a they at least have a ballpark. They might not have an exact number, but I think they have a ballpark of something they'll settle on uh when when the offseason comes. And I, but I will say I don't trust anybody. So my, you know, some people are saying you're stupid because he said he wants to stay. That's what they're going to say. I, and, I, and I don't know Miles. I don't know how we, you know. But that's what everybody says. That's the right thing to say. That you anything else is wrong. You're not supposed to say, well, we'll see. Or you're supposed to say you want to stay, especially considering knowing the outlook of how him and Lamelo. Like I, th those players know that. Those players know that people look at him and Lamelo as, oh, they're going to be the transcendent. And now we have Brandon Miller today. They're going to be the transcendent of the Hornets. He knows that. So what is what would it look like for him, considering his past, to say, actually, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to break up. You know what I'm saying? So it just, it just doesn't make sense for him to say anything other than that. Not saying I don't believe him. I just don't trust anybody, uh, especially a clutch client, because they're going to do what's best for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Get your money while you can. Uh, but I, personally, I do think they have a ballpark. Anything can happen between now and then. 
Um, the Hornets could be on the low end of that ballpark and he'd be at the higher end of the ballpark. And then maybe that causes a riff. I don't know. But I do feel like they would have traded him if they weren't at least close. If they if they were far apart, they would have said, okay, we'll just take what we can get. But considering he's staying, considering he was going to veto whatever, I think that they have an idea at least of kind of where to start the negotiations when it, when the time comes. I think Miles Bridges is bag chasing. That's what I think. I, that was my next thing is – why go to Phoenix where you have expectations there where you can is. sit in Charlotte, average 40, there it and is. now you can get 40 million or 30 million, like whatever you want. That's what that's what Miles Bridges is doing. In my mind, that's what I think is happening. Because I don't what's he supposed to say? Nah, I hate it here. Get me the hell out of Charlotte. Especially today. knowing that the Hornets had his back. Like he, he literally has not he can't say that. They would have no. they would have found his house if he would have said something like that. It's crazy. Like you can't he's supposed to say that. Like he's supposed to say the right things. And so he did. So all these people is like, well, he's telling you what he's what he wants. Man, he's a clutch client. They're gonna watch out for themselves. Like you said, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with guys looking out for themselves. But don't come to me and try to convince me that, oh, well, he says he wants to be here, so obviously that's what wants to happen. He's bag chasing. If he ended up in Phoenix, he was going to be the fourth option at best. And at that point, what's he going to average? 12, maybe 14, 15 points a game? And then he's going to be asked to fit a role on a championship uh, you know, chasing team? In Charlotte, he can stay here and keep playing with Bryce McGowan's and Leaky. Well, maybe that that might change now because we actually do have a little bit of a bench coming in to right. save the day. But in his mind at the time, mm -hmm. it was Bryce McGowan's, JT Thor, Leaky Black playing alongside of him. Mm -hmm. He was able to take 25 shots a night. He was able to chase 30-plus point games. And also to your point, night. him and Brandon Miller have shown it can work as long as – and this is no, like, I have to say this because you know how LaMelo fans get. This is no diss to LaMelo, but LaMelo's not playing. So, Miles knows with LaMelo not playing and it's just me and Miller and, and, and no one else can do anything. We're going to get ours. We can both get our – Miller can develop, get his shot, because it does seem like they have a, a friendship of some kind. So, of course, he doesn't want to take away from him. But then I also can get my money by averaging 40. Because they've been – Miller's been having 30 and he's been having 40, what it seems, for like two weeks straight now. And why would you want to pass that up? I mean, you know, Melo, Melo, LaMelo's more than likely not coming back, which I think they should sit him because I just don't want him to get re-injured for this rendition of the team. But why would he – why would Miles Bridges, like you said, want to go to Phoenix when he knows he can – he is basically being asked to shoot as many times as he possibly can. Yeah, as many and, – and he's, and he's hitting right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um as many things as I loved that took place within the Charlotte Hornets organization today, I heavily disliked this because mm -hmm. I don't trust that Miles My Bridges is not looking out for the Charlotte Hornets. He's looking out for Miles Bridges. Mm -hmm. And so now moving Miles Bridges for two or three seconds, is that value worthy? No, I'm not going to sit here and say. I'd rather take my chances and at least try to sign it, him. Like, it's not it's not top value, but you mm -hmm. were never going to get much more than that anyways. Yeah. He's on an expiring. He's going to have to be – he's a free agent. And with all the of his – team that wouldn't have his bird rights. Yeah, no bird rights at that point. Uh, Off-court issues. I mean, all – like – all of that's working against him. The thing that I hate and where I think we're headed is it seems to me that we are now going to head into a third offseason with Miles Bridges possibly controlling each move. Now, I know it's new ownership. I know there's more cap space. I know there's some more flexibility this offseason than in prior ones. Gordon Hayward's off, obviously. Terry Rozier's off. Now you even have P.J. Washington off. So you have tons of money, okay, and cap space that you can work with. But at the same time, man, I'm sick of this Miles Bridges saga. I just no, am. Sure. And 
I know he's he's playing well right now. I, he's playing well offensively. He's playing well offensively, and that's going to be a big part if they do if he does come back as a as a group. Him, Miller, and and Melo, Miles going to have to be the one to step up defensively. That, that's just going to be what it is. That, well, we got Grant Williams now. You well, know. yeah, that, that helps. But I think but, I mean, he needs to. to. He has all of the physical tools in order to do so. Right, and he's we're athletic, still t- strong. Right. Lengthy and he was doing it quick. before. He wasn't all defensive, but he was way better than what he was is now. Yeah, he's he, well, he's lost a step naturally just with the time off. Yeah. Um, even in his bounce, it seems yeah. like you know, in his quickness, his first step, it seems to be a little slower than 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 normal, or you know, because I mean he was fringe all-star last time we if saw we, him before if we were season. better, he would have probably made it. He it, it he's not close to that this year, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean credit the rest of the league for getting better as well, but I mean at the same time he's just he's not that kind of guy. But I I don't I get that he was going to veto it, so like there's nothing you can do at that point. I get it, but the part that I hate is that it you're heading into a third off season with Miles Bridges at the forefront with the possibility to hijack the summer. And then make everything about himself and that be the holdup for the Charlotte Hornets. I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope that if another team offers something and say it's 27, 28, I think he was looking for 30 mil this past offseason. Mm-hmm. Say it's in that realm again. If the Hornets don't feel comfortable, I hope the Hornets just it's okay. We're done. And they don't feel like they have to bring him back just because they've tarried with him this long. And, yeah, and then yeah. Exactly. You know, which new ownership isn't working on the same timeline as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. They just got here. So their timeline working with Miles is a lot smaller. It's a lot shorter than the fans, than Mitch Kupchak, than the current front office, than mm-hmm. even the coaching staff, because they just arrived. Mm-hmm. So they're not looking at this Miles Bridges situation as something like, oh, we're on our third offseason dealing with him, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be on their – one and a half offseason, right. you know, dealing with him essentially. Mm-hmm. And so they're not working on the same timeline. No, I, I will say this. I think they know that if if for whatever reason they don't, they don't want to bring Miles Bridges back, I think they know they have to have a, a backup, a solid backup plan. Yeah. I think they know that. It's not going to be what we've seen the last two years, to your point, where the team just kind of sits there and doesn't know what they want to do. And I granted some of that was because they could there wasn't much they could do. But cool. I think this time the owners are they they know. I, I I think they know if they don't want to bring him back, they have to have something in place. Um and I, and I think they will based on what we've seen today and just kind of slowly how they're handling things. I I don't know what that will be, but I, I do feel as though they're they're going to have something in place if they're not bringing him back. I think the the main the number one goal is for them to bring it back, bring them back, and I hope I think they hope they do it quickly. I I don't I think they're going to feel the same way you feel, as in we either get this done now or we don't get it done because they aren't operating on the same timeline. So hey, we just know you as the basketball player. Yeah. We think you're worth this much. Do you think do you want more? Fine, we'll do something else. Um, and I think they know what comes with that as far as. The, the quote unquote backlash you could receive because losing him would be would be hurtful considering where our roster is right now. So I think they know they have to have some type of plan in place if they're going to chew, if they're going to be willing to let him go. Yeah. Here's the thing by holding his bird rights, what the Hornets could do, they could be big spenders day one of uh free agency. So mm-hmm. like Here's the thing, and I'm not sure that most people realize this, so I'm going to just kind of lay this bare for everyone. Mm-hmm. Today, the NBA trade deadline could have been the start of just a completely new era of Charlotte Hornets in the way they operate and the way that they function and the way that they do transactions and deals and everything. Because now, with the cap space that the Charlotte Hornets have created, okay, since Miles Bridges does, since the Charlotte Hornets do have bird rights on Miles Bridges, they can extend him and go over the cap. Let me say that again. The Charlotte Hornets can extend Miles Bridges 
or sign. It would be a, a, a sign, mm-hmm. a signing at this point. It wouldn't be an extension because he wouldn't be signed because he's free agent. So he, the Charlotte Hornets, because of the bird rights, can sign Miles Bridges and go over the cap. So what this means for the Charlotte Hornets is with all that cap space that they're going to have this summer, which the last time I saw it, it was right at like 40 mil. Mm-hmm. Right. Something, somewhere around there. Some, somewhere in and that realm. It could be a little more, you know, depending on some shaking and all that stuff. Which now more- Bertans is on the books. Mm-hmm. So that's going to take – but, I mean – so that's going to take up a little bit of what Hayward, because Hayward was going to expire. I'd have to look at it where we're uh, where we're at currently. Mm-hmm. So the numbers will fluctuate. But the Charlotte Hornets have cap space. Mm-hmm. And so what this means is, is that the Hornets could become big spenders day one of free agency and then still choose to bring Miles Bridges back as well using the bird rights. And so right. even if he goes – for 25, 26, 28, 30 mil, mm-hmm. the Hornets could still choose to bring him back at that number just so that they essentially get two players with that cap space or even a third player, depending upon how they divvy it up, who they mm-hmm. sign, the different things that they assess that they need to target, different players, whatever it may be. But that's what bird rights do for you, is you can go over the cap with that player because he was on that rookie deal. He was, And I think that's part of the reason they weren't in a rush to trade him. Well, no, and and yeah. and, and there shouldn't have been a, a, a rush to trade him from a mm-hmm. basketball standpoint, you know. Yeah. There shouldn't have been. If they didn't want him, they would have got rid of him. I think they would have got rid of him. Yeah. Or they would have told him, we're not bringing you back. And he exactly. And he could have been like, okay. I mean, right. So, but I mean, I guess he could still veto it and still put up 30 a night, right? Yeah, he could. He could. I mean, he could do that too. Um, James Book Knight, Ish Smith, Frank Nilakina. It was just announced that all three of them have been officially waived. I think Shams reported that Book Knight was going to be waived like, yeah, it was like early. like early in the afternoon on trade deadline day. Um, for those of you listening the next day, right? Or anyways. Um tell tell me what where did it go wrong for Book Night? Where where originally I think it went wrong for some reason. I don't know why Jane Borrego didn't play him as much as he did, because I think Book Knight Showed signs early on that killed him, didn't it? And then when they and then he started arguing with him, I think that that was done for. Yeah. And then what really killed him was Steve Clifford gave him another shot, a hefty shot at that. Like it was, it, he really wanted him. But considering where the roster was, Book Knight, I think, was forced to play a lot of point guard, which I don't think he's a point guard. So He's he not. Look, he has, he, his his handle is way too loose. Right. So he so he looked bad doing it, but at the time that was really the only place you could really slot him and promise him minutes. You you could have obviously played him at the two guard, but I, but yeah, I don't I don't quite remember why he didn't play more two. Oh well, Terry, I know that. Maybe it was just Terry. I don't know, but just the rotation. But I mean, we needed still a got backup point guard for sure. Yeah. You know. So I think where it went wrong for James Booknight. Is his indecisiveness. I I don't know if I've seen a player as indecisive in the game mm-hmm. as James Booknight. Now, he's not indecisive when it comes to, you know, taking a step back 27-foot three-pointer. He's going to do that. But when he catches the ball, the ball stops. It sticks in his hands. Mm-hmm. It's not popping around. It's not moving. He hesitates. He doesn't know if he wants to drive. He doesn't know if he wants to catch and shoot. He doesn't want to know. He doesn't know if he wants to kick the ball to the corner or to the wing. He doesn't know if he wants to start dribbling and try to go ISO. Like he just hesitates and hesitates. And his indecisiveness is what, to me, ended up plaguing his career. I think he lost confidence early on. Yeah. Yeah. Clifford really gave him an opportunity. I they mean, were doing like film sessions together. They were. He took him under his wing. He was meeting with him one on one. He saw his athleticism and really wanted it to work for the kid, and it just didn't. And he's not an NBA player. I mean, and I, I don't think Book Knight. 
once he fell all the way down, I don't think he was really doing anything to come back up. Yeah. I think he kept doing what he was doing. Almost like just uh, like too cool, like right. I'm just going to keep doing me type thing and not really assess and, and look at it. And he had all the chance in the world because it's not like who's ahead of him is Michael Jordan. Oh. <laughs> I mean, everybody kept waiting for him. I mean, like Leaky Black has started what, two, three games in the last week now? Mm-hmm. And Leaky's starting because he he works really hard. Leaky's not talented. Lee, uh, I, I mean, he is. He's an NBA player. Yeah, yeah. From but an NBA standpoint, right, right. Leaky's not some uber talented guy. Even at UNC, you're you, no. you're a fellow. Like, oh, I you know. know. Yeah, you know. I know. <laughs> he's not some uber talented, you know, NBA caliber player, but he works hard. And he's going to do the things that you teach and him. He had three coaches vouch for him in that: Clifford, uh, Roy, and uh, uh, Herbert. All said the same thing about Leaky. About oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that's you were what talking he about does. Brooklyn. He's I'm a like, hard Roy. worker. Oh, Roy Williams, Hubert Davis. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. Yeah. Oh, Thank my bad, my bad. And so yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think that's where it went wrong for uh, James Booknight. Nilakina should have. I wish we should have come back with him a long time ago. That's just wild. Uh, He's just the only one I feel bad for. I I do, but I don't like. I don't because of what he did on the court. I do because he was trying to retire, and the Hornets like begged him. Like, if someone begged you right now to come do something you did for fifteen years, they cut you. (laughs) Yeah, and then they cut you. You It's like I could have been home. I could have been at the Wake Forest games or whatever. Sure, I I get that, but at the same time, like. Ish might, Ish may have been like, "Hey guys, just I'm good." Very well, you know. Do I really want to finish this? Season? Like Ish no could have been like, "Do I really want to see this out through April?" Like, man, I don't know. Like, hey guys, I'm and good. he got his money because it, 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 he passed the guarantee. So exactly, no if they cut him or not, he was get, he got his money. Exactly, it didn't matter. He passed. What what was that last Friday? Yeah, 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 maybe yeah. Or the or the it was recent. Fire. It was super recent. Yeah, it was easily within the last two weeks. It was, and so like he's good, and so he might have been. He might have gone up to the brass and been like, "Hey, look, I came back. You needed a vet. You needed a guy, but now you got these young guys in here. You want to give them a look. I'm not in your future plans. Hey, I'm, I'm already home. I'm I'm already home. It been, I bet it would have been different if he was like in like Sacramento or something. It's like no, I'm literally down the street. I, yeah, please. like I'm good. I'm <laughs> good. Uh, I am gonna, you know, I am gonna miss Ish. Uh, and once again, you know, just when he, you know, dribbles around and then hits that little fader over a seven footer, just in my head, just thinking, you know, man, that's some good Ish. Like, <laughs> Like, I'm going to miss those moments, all right? That was such a dad joke. Um, but – I've never seen someone his age be able to get by players the way he does, but then he can't he, – that's it. That, that, <laughs> I, I, was, I, I, that I, was the I, trick. That was the magic trick. Yeah, he, yeah. That, hey, I got you. Against good defenders, do. too. <laughs> I pulled the rabbit out of the hat, but uh, – now I lost the hat. I don't know. Right. Where I can't. I, I can't put it back in now. He's <laughs> like, constantly he's getting gone. by like solid. Oh, yeah. NBA defenders, and then that's it. He just dribbles, dribbles the rest, or does the fadeaway, like you said. That's Let it. Me that's, ask that's you this: game. kind of a rapid fire segment to finish out. Which newly acquired Hornet are you most excited about? Oh man, it's it's between Grant Williams and Trey Mann. I'm Grant Williams. I think mine's Grant Williams, too. I think that culture aspect, I think that leadership aspect yeah. is the most needed thing on the team, a, a, a toughness, a physicality uh, point. I think I, I think it's him for me. I think so, too. And, and what's crazy is I really look forward to what he does this offseason because think about it. Terry was the one doing the uh, like offseason workouts. He'll take everybody to Miami and sure. they'll what a workout. I want to see what Grant does. Uh, Really anybody, but but the thing is, my point is, I think it's going to be Grant to be the one to set it up and say, "Hey, we should work out. We should." And I want to see maybe if he if he inspires like more team bonding because this is this is why I say that we see a lot of teams post and they'll they'll be at a WNBA game together or baseball game together. We don't really see that from our guys. 
But our guys, our guys are very active on social media. So it's not like, you know, they don't hang out. Well, it's not that they don't hang out, but it's not like they don't aren't a part of that life. That's literally what they do all day when they're not playing basketball. Mm -hmm. So I do want to see more of just team bonding. It doesn't always have to be basketball. It could be whatever. I do want to see more of that. Um, I feel like that's a good sign, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Especially these guys are young. It would be different if they were older because obviously family and whatnot. But I think I think Mitchich is my second. I think I do want to see him a a guard with size. Intrigued because, Mm -hmm. I mean, Euroleague MVP. That's nothing to scoff at. I, I he's not going to be a bucket getter, but he can be. He can be a Tyus Jones esque player for the Hornets. Mm-hmm. I think I like. I've always been a big Tyus Jones fan. Right. I would have loved if the Hornets could have gotten him, brought him in as that backup. He's not very defensive minded. Uh, I don't know where Mitchich is on that side of the court, mm-hmm. but as far as like offensively, he looks like a good game manager, good decision maker. Looks like he can kind of pace. And kind of run, you know, and 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 really, and he's going to have a sense of toughness between the sets. Yeah, as well, coming I mean, from he's the played Euroleague. in some tough environments. He's played mm-hmm. in some really good leagues mm-hmm. around the world. So, I mean, I'm excited about that. Um, did you ever expect that PJ Washington would bring back more return than Terry Rozier in a trade? Never happened. I did. Not, I didn't think about it until you said it, but I never would have thought. I thought I thought it was going to be Terry. I, I thought it was really kind of going to be the other way around. I thought we were going to be raving about what Terry brought, and then mm-hmm. anyone we traded after was going to be pennies to the dollar because – I mean, here. I guess – now that I say that, I guess we still – we gave up two seconds in that deal. Got a first. We got two players. And then in the Terry, uh, the first was protected – so for Rozier, it was unprotected. You get and you got cap really space. The NBA player. looks at cap space as an asset. So so I mean, I guess technically they're similar. But when I'm looking at it, I'm like Lowry's not even reporting. So like he, like you can't. Demar Derozan had to call him and check. Him. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> and so like that doesn't even really count. So basically, you got an unprotected first to where PJ, you brought in almost an unprotected first. Like I mean. That's Basically. gonna convey the, mm-hmm. the 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 Mavs have Luca. Like they're not ever going to have a top two pick. Luca or Luca who wants them to win. Like yeah, he's, I he's mean, come actively on. saying like we need to get better. Yeah, but so but then you get the pick and you get Grant Williams and you get Seth Curry. It seems like it's more, even though you still give up the two seconds. But I don't know. That was just kind of something that I was I was kind of like, man, Darian. Look, we're up against the clock, man. Thanks for jumping on. I love when you when you come on, man. Love being able to talk hoops with you, Hornets fans. Being able to talk about something. This feels like a new day. It feels different. I, it feels I like a new day. I've seen everybody from Lamelo fans to Brandon Miller fans to actual Hornets fans. I've seen it. Everybody came together today and was it's happy beautiful. with what happened. It's beautiful. I don't think it's been like that since the start of the season. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure either. But thanks for coming on. Hey guys, no check out Darian's stuff. You know where to catch him. But until next time, adios. Peace. Yeah.